Hello and welcome. Ugh. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Dylan. If you are one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks for coming back. However, if you're new to the show, don't worry, I'm glad you're here too. Feel free to make yourselves at home. As always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. My buddy Adam is on the show today, and for those of you who don't already know Adam, he runs the website pitpunk.org, which is a website that's kind of dedicated to the Pittsburgh punk and DIY scene as a whole. It's not really just focused on punk music per se, but you know, metal and hardcore and indie and folk acoustic stuff, all kinds of anything that really is a a byproduct of a DIY thing you could find on the website as well as articles about things and whatever. You know, if you haven't gone on it, go on it. pitpunk.org if you have been on it, though, and you're curious to know more about the guy that runs it, Adam, you came to the right place, because I sat down and talked with him a couple weeks ago, and you're about to listen to that conversation. So, I really don't have anything else to say. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about his website and about being punk and being weird, and it's going to be cool. I like Adam. He's a good dude. So, yeah, just uh, sit back relax and let's start the motherfucking bait situations like this it's like oh this is somebody that i actually know and then we bullshit for a little i've never right. met you before right. in my life so fuck it let's just go with it all right i'm, I'm down with whatever tell me about yourself how'd you start doing what what happened okay how'd you get into punk rock okay um it's funny i ask that a lot okay. when i'm doing stuff when i'm doing interviews with fans sure. but um I was maybe 13 or 14, and um, a kid down the street handed me a rancid record, and I'm like, okay, this is great. Um, cool. So I got involved. Then a lot of the neighborhood kids, they were kind of making fun of me for listening to quote-unquote mall punk or whatever. Okay. So were, that... they like, were they like old punk dudes? Or was it, it just like... Compared to me, they were okay. like 17 or 18, sure. this 13 or 14-year-old kid, and they are like, no, you got to come to these local shows, come out and see bands like Osserotten or Disco Crisis or okay. Anti-Flag, and... There we go. That's kind of how I got sure. into it. Do you still do you still like mall punk stuff? Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I'm sure. doing. I'm booking an MXPX show in October. So cool. yeah. Oh, cool. You're booking it. Um, Josh from Drusky okay. and I are tag teaming it. Cool. Yeah, I I met them when I was like ten. I think. <laughs> yeah, I was like I went to a really really old Warp tour and Very cool. I met them and the dudes from all. Excellent. And those Excellent. guys. I used to have all the autographs. I lost that shit. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, I I don't have I moved so many times i lost all my old punk rock <laughs> memorabilia so i'm starting to rebuild it now cool yeah so what inspired you to start the uh pit punk website okay i was um it's we've been around since 96 so yeah it, yeah um i was kind of a nerd um i did but i didn't have a computer so i hung out at the library a lot up in beachview sure and 
So, um, I, my friend who, uh, Dave Brigade, who is now booking at Opus One, he works down at Club Cafe, he had a small e-zine going on, and, um, I basically stole the idea. Okay. <laughs> um, I saw some things that could be improved upon. He didn't have a lot of time to maintain it, and, um, so I saw an opening, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I could do this, and I started, just started out as a show listing site, more for my own use than anything, because, okay. <laughs> and then, um, I added a message board on the, uh, backs, on the request of a couple people who had seen the site, and it just kind of blew up. Okay. Uh, yeah, so. So, it was started, it was going for a while, then it wasn't going, and now it's going again. Yes, yes, um, we took about a, I took about a five-year hiatus, um. I had gotten married um, and sure. um, moved out of Pittsburgh for a couple of years. I moved about an hour north to Sharon, PA. Okay. And kind of lost all contact with the punk rock scene. I got involved with uh, the financial sector. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I started... Adult life. Yes, I, I, I tried my hand at adult life. And within about a year, maybe a year and a half of the marriage, it started to fall apart. Okay. Yeah. And um, I hated doing that type of work. It's just definitely not for me. So I started um, thinking, yeah, I'm going to bring the site back. I'm going to bring the site back. And then when I moved back to town, I said, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you just moved back recently? Then? Um, it's been about a year, year and a half now, but um, I put a lot of planning into the new. Um, cool. I mean, the, the, site. the site seems to be doing well. Like yes. this, you're posting stuff and people are sharing it. So more people are finding out about it. Absolutely. And that's good. Yes. The point's getting across. <laughs> it is. It is. So um, how have you... How's reactions been? I feel like I'm more curious about negative reactions than positive reactions. Absolutely, as am I. I feel like you've been definitely throwing stones. It well-deserved <laughs> yes, things. Yes, But it's cool to see people reacting to it. And I think people are taking it more serious because it's like you have an actual website. It's yes. Not, you're just not uh, some guy posting like Facebook status updates. Right. Um, that was kind of, that's kind of strategic. Um one of the things that um, back in when I was getting into punk rock, um, I saw Anti-Flag like three times a week. They used to play basement shows constantly. Sure. And one of the things that kind of got drilled into my head was be confrontational about stuff that you don't like. And so I kind of lived my life like that. Okay. I, I mean, those guys, I, I, they'll laugh at me for saying it, but they inspired me to be a little bit of a dick. <laughs> and so um, I definitely do throw stones out there and... Um, the, react, the negative reactions, um, there are a lot less than you'd think. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you think you're getting more positive, like more support? Yeah, I am. Um, a lot of people are coming up and saying, you know, um, this is something I haven't thought of before. You know, maybe there's some things that need to change. Um, there's a very, very small um, core group of people who are coming and bashing things I say. But no, um, the negative reactions are hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, so. No, I think that it's definitely... I'm a big supporter of giving things a fuck you yeah, if they need it. Absolutely. Like, no, people are really like into sugarcoating things. Yes. And like, like, I, like you got to see both sides of the story. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sometimes you have to just be like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Sometimes there, <laughs> sometimes there's no gray area. Um, sure. I did an article right after Warped Tour about a week ago, which we'll get into that later if you want, because yeah, it was wherever it goes, it, it goes. was a clusterfuck. But, sure. um, so I wrote an article because I saw some people do um, moshing to some terrible, terrible metal band, and they're just headhunting people. Yeah. And then I come home and I see people bragging about that, and I, mm -hmm. so I called them out. And um, some band from out in Greensburg was like, "Those are our fans, man. You don't mess with our fans." And I'm like, "You're taking a completely indefensible stance. You're saying that it's okay to punch people in the head because why the fuck not?" And 
So that's been that's been one of the more popular posts. Yeah, I on... agree with you. There's always been like starting in the early 2000s, I remember seeing this weird disconnect between the kids that were moshing and the kids that wanted to do this like throwing down kind of yeah. thing whenever metalcore was getting really big. So right. these shows were happening where you'd have hard, kind of hard, more hardcore bands and more metal bands playing together. Right. And uh, the groups of people at these shows were like, I was seeing fights at shows constantly yeah. and I'd never seen that before. And it's really weird, but people can't figure out like, this isn't a good idea. Or if you want to do it, like it should be in its own environment. Like, Absolutely. If you, like, like I've been to like hardcore shows where it's like all of the bands are into that kind of headhunting stuff. And right. Everybody's like, okay like they're having fun like oh yeah he got me that's cool like, yeah that's like, a, it becomes an expected norm but... yeah it's fine but there are people that are really intentionally disrespectful right, right. and they laugh about it i see it it shows i see people yeah. joking around outside the pit like oh i'm gonna get him right right and at the warp tour it's that much worse because i mean granted i'm not the warp tours target demographic anymore by any yeah. means but there's you know 14 and 15 year old kids out to see their favorite you know metalcore band and not expecting to get punched in the back of the head. And that just becomes dangerous. And, and the other cool. thing that's weird, too, is that there's 14, 15-year-old kids that are growing up in a scene of, like, metalcore or right. whatever that don't know what it was like 10 years exactly. ago because they were in kindergarten. Exactly. And, and that... they are thinking, like, oh, this is the normal. Like, right. shows are supposed to be this frightening. Yes. And or that's... they're thinking, like, I'm supposed to be aggressive. I'm supposed to bunch people. This is what shows are about. Like, I, I saw the article that you posted. Right. And I saw a lot of, like, the backlash and, like, people that were responding to you. And it's right. all, like, kids that are 15, 16 years old for the most part. And it's, like, they don't fucking get it. No. No, they don't. And it's... That's upsetting because, I mean, I love metalcore. I grew up, I mean, in the early 2000s, I did a couple shows for Converge, American sure. Nightmare, stuff like that. And I love the music. And it seems like this current patch of the scene, like, I don't see how kids are going to stick around all that long for that kind of stuff. Because, you know, there's a really, really negative attitude right now. Sure. And, I, I mean, I have a really hard time going to shows like that now because I love the music. Mm -hmm. I grew up on it. I never stopped listening to right. it. But I don't like being around a lot of the people at the shows. Right. It's a right. really negative environment. It really is. Um, I kind of get, I see that at, and it's not just metalcore shows. Like I see that at like Dropkick Murphy's shows now. Like oh, ever really? since Dropkick Murphy's became Flogging Molly Part 2. Sure. They drew, they draw out the, you know, I'm Irish all the time. Let's get drunk. <laughs> let's punch people crowd. And yeah. That, I mean, the Dropkick Murphy's are a reasonably quality band, but they're getting turned, fans, they, they have the fans that can be turned off by, you know, head hunting and just sure macho jock nonsense yeah i i don't know what's what else is going on didn't we have a we had a country show <laughs> i remember that was something else i saw you posting about. um that's something that i started last year uh, i guess i can kind of out myself because i haven't done a great job of hiding it there's a facebook page called ban kenny chesney from pittsburgh yeah that's me okay yeah i've been doing i i, I put that up <laughs> the day after the kenny chesney show last year because i love this city i really do and i hate the idea and I really don't think that it's the typical rednecks that are doing it. It's people coming in from the suburbs and just trashing things because they can. Yeah. And so I kind of wrote some articles that really pissed them off. And it, the traffic that that's drawn has been insane. Yeah, so. it's it's a really, that's a really difficult thing to target. People yeah. have a hard time dealing with stereotypes. Right. But I, I mean, it's real sensitive, but I believe there's stereotypes for a reason. There with, can be, yes. Across... Pretty much most things. Yeah. And they, I mean, those shows, for some reason, generate this 
huge pile of shit where they other shows don't and it, it keeps happening time and time again right and it's really silly for people to say like this isn't it's not country okay maybe it's not country music's fault i don't know exactly whose fault it no. is but there's something right I'll, i don't know what it is i don't think it's necessarily kenny chesney's no, fault absolutely but not <laughs> I, I, but i don't know well i i think what it is and i think there was a country show yesterday, um, Jason Aldean or something. Okay. It was over at PNC Park, and um, the mayor really smacked down. He changed the rules and said, you know, you can't tailgate all day. And I think that really helped. Um, from all accounts, I'm hearing it was reasonably clean. You don't see it blown up all over the news. So. Sure. But um, I, I don't know. I w don't want to blame country music. It's not really country music. It's uh, I think it's an entitled attitude of people who've never heard the word no in their lives, paired with the idea of, drinking from 10 in the morning until the doors open at the show at yeah, 6. Yeah, I think maybe that's it. If yeah. you have uh, uh, however many people PNC Park can hold, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, like 35,000. Some large number yeah. of people that probably spend three-fourths of their lives in a cubicle. Exactly. Just going completely nuts for one day. Yes, yes. Maybe the reason why punk shows aren't so bad is because our lives are out of control constantly. <laughs> that's very, very possible. <laughs> so, and, you yeah, know, if, right... If we had to keep it all bottled inside and then one day let it go, maybe that's it would entirely be the possible. Same, maybe it would be the same. And it has been like that in the past. Um, the punk scene is not immune from things like that. Back when the Warp Tour was up the street at um, Icy Light, when it, um, at Station Square, yeah, that place got trashed pretty hard. And I remember it got thrown out of there because there were noise complaints and trash complaints. So um, we're not immune from it. But I think now the scene has changed so much that there's five and six shows a week. Sometimes like. This past weekend, there were like six and seven shows a day. Yeah, that we're just so used to going out that we kind of know how to handle ourselves. And plus, we lost a lot of venues yeah. from the um, mid '90s up through you know mid 2000s from people trashing shit. So, sure. you know, um, we know how to act. We know that um, if a venue throws us out or the venue shuts down, um, there's not much to replace it. Yeah. How have you felt about? I don't know if you've been keeping up with all of these like weird pop up venues that have been happening with the younger crowd of punk kids like there's so many like house shows oh it's amazing and like, every other week there's kind of a different place yes it's, it's great like, i've never heard of this what is it oh it's so-and-so's house yeah it's amazing um dakota i know you mm -hmm. interviewed her earlier um back in the day or whatever yeah. um she does some really amazing stuff and um i'm going to a show tomorrow um my friend ryan darger is playing and it's on a rooftop over on wool slayer way in bloomfield I oh mean, really yeah cool. it's, yeah i mean and i i want to watch a show on a roof but um it kind of takes it back to where things were in like 96 97 where we didn't have much in around those times all we had was like laga and the millville industrial theater yeah no one wanted to go to Millville because it was a death trap. And um, Lago was basically the equivalent of what Alter Bar is today, though run a little less ethically. So, um, but there were dozens of like little pop-up or little house show venues, and it's really cool to see that coming back. Yeah, I'm really, really stoked on it. I'm bummed. I feel like I'm a little bit too old to get too involved in it, <laughs> but I'm glad that it's happening. Yeah. And I hope that it'll generate a new like generation of kids that have a good head on their shoulders. Yeah, Because... They, those shows, those people, even like the heavier right. bands that play those shows, don't tolerate or don't do that kind of like head owning mosh right. bro kind of shit. That stuff's kind of right. stuck to, I don't know. I don't really think there are any smaller venues that I'm aware of that cater to that shit. There's really not. Um, scumbags out in the Trona, yeah, okay. they they'll do some um they'll do some heavier shows, but yeah. they still don't tolerate it. They run the place with a pretty iron fist because they know that it could be lost just like that. I mean, yeah, I think it's you just have a lot of kids that just really don't get it. Right. I was out in Butler 
last weekend okay. at a show, and there was some heavier band playing, right. and there was some kids. Actually, one of the kids that I know who responded to you, it was a kid that posted something positive on Twitter about headhunting. Okay. And then, like, I don't know, I think you two exchanged some stuff back and forth. Right. But he was there. He's just, like, some 17-year-old kid. Sure. And, uh, again, doing the same shit there, causing a problem. Like, some girl got hit or something, mm. somebody got mad, and the people that run the venue were like, look, do you want to have shows here right. or not? Like, right. Stop this because that is, some if someone gets hurt or if something happens to the building, it's like we're only doing shows here because they're letting us. Exactly, exactly. Like last night at Anti Flag, for a complete opposite comparison, um, as, right as the show was ending, a girl got dropped. She was crowd surfing. And she got dropped on her head, and it looked pretty rough there for a second. And so she got carried outside. She was laying on Carson Street, and like there was a crowd of people surrounding her. Like two people calling nine one one on the ambulance. Um, my buddy was there flyering with me, who is a doctor, was checking her pulse. <laughs> and y you don't see that in certain aspects of the scene. It's really kind of a bum out. Like, and that girl, like, um, she was okay, thankfully, and she had gone on Twitter and mentioned like, thanks for taking care of me. Um, this was one of my first punk shows and I feel really oh, cool. good about it. And, um, yeah. I don't know that that would happen if I were, you know, at, um, a big, big outdoor concert. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would be really, I don't know. It'd be frightening if nobody cared. Exactly. Or, or to be stuck inside an area with like people that are out to like hurt some people. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, those people are always like, well, if you don't like it, don't get in the pit. And then those same people are like making they're making the pit the bit uncomfortably yeah. large to a point that you don't have a choice. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I even when I was a kid, when moshing was like safe moshing, yeah. I didn't get into it. I like went to watch the bands. Right. I wasn't there to have any social interactions <laughs> with anybody. Right. Like, I just wanted to like see the band rip it, and right. then, and that's still how I am now. But Last night was the first night I got into a pit in probably <laughs> ten years, and I still hurt the next day. So I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I think I, I think I've learned my limitations. Oh sure, yeah. sure. So. Um, so what's the future for pit punk right now? I know, like, I see you're working on some stuff. It's crazy. Um, I don't work a full time job right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is basically my life. Um, I do a little bit of freelance writing to keep a roof over my head. But sure. Um, I have a compilation coming out. Um we're shooting for september it's more than likely going to be october for pressing i'm um, doing it on cassette um for this first one um lots and lots of great pittsburgh bands we cool. got like bastard bearded irishmen which are really cool yeah. um endless mike and the beagle club um unraveler um masters of the universe sure. uh, the space pimps so real diverse cool. like a good like diet like a uh... Old school and new school. I'm, I'm, I, would, I wanted to be as encompassing as I possibly can be sure. of all aspects of the scene. Because um, I, when I was coming up, there, was, there wasn't this big divide that there is today. Like, um, you could go to see a punk show, and if a pop or a pop punk band was playing, it's cool. Yeah. Or, there wasn't as many bands back then either. There's there really so wasn't. There's so many fucking bands now. There are. And I think it's really catered to the... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Segregation. Yes. Of the scenes yes. where it's, you can have a show now that's all like acoustic indie folk. Right. Or all hardcore or all indie rock. Right. Because there's enough bands to cater for. There are. But again, like when I was younger, it was fun to go to a show and to see like, oh, that was the one crazy metal band. That exactly. Played, and now some shitty ska band's playing. But right. it's fun because. Yeah, you never, you don't know what you're going to see. Up. You have the, you have the opportunity to broaden your horizons a little bit. In 
and meet a lot of different people. Exactly. That's the other problem with the segregation of shows nowadays right. is you have the same kind of like 10, 20 people that go to every show and maybe a couple new people. Exactly. Join. Like having different genres of music brings in different groups of people sure. that meet each other. And I think it encourages more creativity. Absolutely. I'm not saying that the these bands aren't creative, but I think it would be cool if right. people started to mix it like mash it together a yeah little bit absolutely more i mean that's what got us scott what got ska punk so huge back in the day yeah. and i mean i miss that so yeah i'm all for um blending as many genres as i can i'm sure working on some shows right now i want to um we're gonna start doing some booking down at the smiling moose cool and um i'm gonna try and keep it pretty diverse um do a bunch of free shows unfortunately i have to keep it 21 plus because yeah. it's a bar but um we're gonna see how that works out so well i mean that's it sucks that I wish there was more all ages venues Me too. <laughs> in the city. Me too. You know, like we have Roboto Garfield yes. artworks over in that area, but I wish there was something uh, like around here right. for kids to go to. I know for a while they were doing shows at the hot metal bridge church. Right. Right. I'm, I don't think they're doing that no, anymore, but I that was such a good space for it. I don't know. Maybe they had noise issues. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's affiliated with them. I so. don't either. I don't either. And I, I wasn't in town when that was happening, but that was a really cool space from what I hear. Um, right now, the best all-ages spots um, that aren't the altar bars, the Mr. Smalls, the stuff like that, um, I, I see a lot of potential in a place that's like a block from my house called the Union Project on Negley over in the East End. Oh, I've never heard of that. It's on the corner of Negley and Stanton, and it's um, it's a community space. Um, they use it for weddings and a bunch of stuff, but um, Brett and Robbie from uh, Don't Let the Scene yeah. Go Down on Me, those guys are doing some shows there. They did um, uh, the Homeless Gospel Choir with um, Ramshackle Glory there okay. a couple weeks ago. Um, it, it's a big old church, so the sound is phenomenal. Cool. They're doing Reviver and War on Women there, so it's a, it's, a, it's a big space that can hold a lot of people. And the other place that doesn't get used enough, and I understand why, is um, Commonwealth Press, their warehouse. They do shows there from time to time. Yeah, you know what? I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. Um, I haven't gone. They were doing some sort of like an art gallery beer yeah. thing there. Yeah, they And I some... wanted to go, and then I got caught up doing other shit. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that is a space that's... Because right. it's right off of Carson. It's not on uh, Carson, but it's um, by back, the Giant Eagle or something? It, yeah, it's right under the um, Birmingham Bridge, actually. It's, it's, oh, yeah, it's okay. really cool. Um, they did a art show about a year and a half ago. They called it Noise. Uh, White Wives played, and um, one of the breweries came over and was giving away free beer. They had um, all kinds of real cool, cool art exhibitions. They had uh, screen printing on site. Like, yeah. And, I mean, it was just really cool. And I think I understand why they can't utilize that space so much, but I wish that they would use it a little, little more because not only do I love the space, the guys that run Commonwealth are all Yeah, I mean, really cool. they probably all have other shit going on, too. They do have a business to run. Yeah, exactly. They have, they have – I mean, <laughs> I saw that they were printing posters for, like, Neil Young. And I, that, oh, I mean, really? Um, cool. Commonwealth did the first pit punk shirt that I ever did in, like, 99 or 2000 so it's awesome <laughs> to see them grow up and you know doing stuff like neil young that's obviously huge yeah. so yeah i remember seeing something about you doing potentially doing a prom thing i'm trying to um i don't think that we're gonna get kickstarter funding for it because uh, it's okay. so expensive really I, yeah what i want to do is again kind of going back to commonwealth press um I, w I wanted to rip off their idea of the beer barge but make it all ages and um do something a little different and there hasn't been a good punk rock prom in pittsburgh in a long time so um i kind of wanted to do it on the gateway clipper and you know charge as little as i can maybe 35 40 bucks and pack it full of all these weird punk rock kids that are gonna dress up in like 80s 
dresses and yeah, yeah, yeah. have a really good time. Um, unfortunately, the Kickstarter is not doing so great. I, we got to raise about 7,500 bucks and we're at like 450 right now. So if, okay. it, yeah, if it doesn't happen on the Clipper, um, I'm probably going to be forced to do it at a 21 plus event. And that would probably be over at Belvedere's. So, okay. Yeah. And I mean, mm. that has a good built-in punk rock crowd over there, but I really, really want to do something that um, the kids can come to, too. Cause... Yeah, I but, I mean, there was, um, there was a, were you familiar with the shitty prom events? No, no. Um, I, they didn't do one this past year, but there was two of them that happened probably, I guess, when you were out of town. Right. Um, it was an event called Shitty Prom. Okay. It wasn't really like a punk rock prom, right. but it was like an adult 21 plus prom, bands played, right. but there was like metal bands punk bands okay. uh just kind of a mixture of things and it was at this shitty place on mckee's rocks dead horse <laughs> okay if you're familiar with it um and it was they were both fun they both did really really well excellent and i know people were really upset that those couldn't have been all ages events right but honestly like to be fair the thing that really made them fun was, was the, the fact that everybody yeah got drunk because there yeah. was like keg races and stuff so it's really hard to like yeah blur the lines like how you figure it out plus you figure kids that aren't 21 just right. had a prom exactly they're probably really not missing well, it as much as somebody that's like you know getting in their late 20s and right. the idea could be fun again well the thought the thought behind doing it at all ages and i'm i don't even know if it exists anymore is when i was in high school uh being punk rock was obviously not the popular oh, thing sure. to do and now it might be a little bit more but i'm i'm, I'm kind of thinking about the kid who was like me who was like I don't want to go to this prom. It's du this is dumb. Maybe. Yeah. And now maybe he's like 19 or 20 and can take, you know, he moved outside of his little shell of high school sure. and he met a girl and now he can take her to a real, well, a real prom. Yeah. I think, uh, alternative lifestyles have become, it's a little bit more accepted now. Absolutely. It feels than, you know, it was when I was in high school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess that's cool. I don't think it's good or bad. It just kind of is what it is. It, it's great for the music community because um, the alternative lifestyle community and the music community obviously have really close ties. And if that means more people going to shows, more people buying records, that's great. Um, uh, some things get diluted and there's always someone that's going to try and cash in on the fact that, I don't know, right now... Um, there's really bad um, metal with really, really misogynistic lyrics that's popular. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. like Attila. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, cannot, I can't stand that band. I, sure. I hate everything about that band. But, like, that's really big right now. So there's people that are capitalizing on that type of alternative lifestyle. And I don't like that so much, but for the music scene at large, it's great. Yeah, I don't think that uh, that kind of stuff, it's not going to transcend a level that's no. too much. No. But it is still, like, it kind of creeps me out to think that there's like 14 15 year old kids that are they, they can get a hold of that yeah. stuff but at the same time those kids can get a hold of like the grossest things in the world well, yeah. online and however they process it is how yeah they process it i guess I, uh, that's been one of my big things i've been doing the past couple days there's a band um you may have heard of them they're called blood on the dance floor yeah i yeah. i don't i i don't even like to call it a band it's <laughs> weird uh, yeah. i don't even know what to call that type of music but um the there are a ton of allegations of like the singer from that band going after and dating and doing stuff with you know 13 14 15 year old girls and i'm out there calling them out on it and uh, instead of a lot of people, you know, rallying behind, hey, pedophilia is really bad. There's people like 13, 14, 15 year olds coming back at me. OMG, you're just a jealous hater. And that's just, that's, <laughs> that's terrifying to oh, me. Like, sure. that, I, I don't want to have kids to begin with, but um, it, that makes me want to have kids even less. Well, yeah. Well, again, uh, with, like I said, with alternative lifestyles becoming more accepted. Right. 
um, in general, of, like, things that were once, like, kind of taboo are becoming more accepted. Right. Whole, and, like, sexuality, in general, is right. so much more, like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily okay, but it's, people were aware of it. And yeah. kids are really aware of it. That's and definitely true. it's, I think it's really, I don't know, this is kind of going to go somewhere that I can't, I'm not even smart enough to maintain a conversation about. <laughs> right. But, uh... Yeah, I'm not surprised, basically. This, no, it's not surprising. It's just a little... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I hate to use yeah. the old mom and dad line, but yeah, it's disappointing because um, the, the, these kids, they have a lot that they could be doing that is more positive, more constructive, and they're sitting here listening to songs about date rape well, and glorifying it. I mean, it's going to get weird, though, as we get older because you got to consider, you know, kids that are 13, 14, their parents aren't that much older. Right. Than us. They're maybe, right. you know, 10, 15 years older right. than us. Right. And um, I'm assuming you're in your late 20s. And I'm, I'm early sure. 30s, but yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So, right. We're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm 28. I'm okay. going to turn 29 soon. So, we're close. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> um, where was I at? Oh, God. I didn't want to edit the episode. No, I have to edit it. <laughs> That's cool. Fuck. Um, oh, but yeah, those kids aren't um, too... Their kids' parents aren't too much older than us. Right, And right. they're coming from a generation that I don't want to say is, like, fucked up, but just not as, like, wholesome as maybe well, they grew up around. parents might yeah. have been. Because, like, I feel like my parents were, like, my grandparents were, like, eh, and my parents are, like, eh. Yeah. And if I were to have a kid, it'd be, like, eh. <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> it's exactly. Just like, uh, degrading. Society yeah. is degrading. It really is. Idiocracy, the movie. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, have you seen that? No. Okay, it's a Mike Judge movie. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah, it, um, he put it out, I think, um, a couple years after Office Space, um, in between the iterations of Beavis and Butthead. But the entire premise of the movie is um, they find a very average guy like who's working in the military, and they put him in a cryogenic freezing experiment, and then it's supposed to be for a year, but they forget about him. And <laughs> he wakes up 500 years in the future, and reverse evolution has gone so far that he becomes the smartest guy in the world, and oh. he ultimately becomes the president. Like, he goes in the future... Um, well, wow. corporations are running everything and um, like a Gatorade style drink is the biggest company in the world. And they're watering, they water plants with this stuff. So okay. it's salting the earth and like, it's just, it's a really funny movie, but I think it has some real truth to it. No, that, that, that sounds, things are disintegrating. No, and, that sounds really, really interesting. It is. It's really, it's so, okay. This, this is a good way to spin this conversation. <laughs> um, so coming from our close generation of right. people, like, when I was 15, 16, the internet, what? Like, it yes. existed, but, I mean, the idea of it was there. Right. But it wasn't anything like it is now. No. And, I mean, I see the benefits of it, but I see a lot more of the negative things about right. it. And, but I'm, unfortunately, in a position as somebody that does a podcast and does music that I need to utilize it. Absolutely. I need to be on it to get it out there. Yes. And I kind of hate it. Do you struggle with it, too? Like <sighs> Not as much, um, because when I when I started the website, I didn't have very many friends. So, sure. I mean, the computer at the library was my friend. So, I mean, I've seen the internet grow and adapt. Um, there are aspects of the internet that I hate. Like, I hate that to run a website, I have to have six different social media profiles. And, yeah. And so there's some troubling things and I hate that I can't disconnect. Um, I'm as guilty as everyone is. Um, like at, at the show last night, in between bands, I'm sitting there on my phone tapping away. Yeah, and... I hate it, but it's at the same time, especially if you're doing things that involve the internet. Right. Like you're trying to run a website. Yes. 
you need to be on, and everything is moving so fast. It really is. That you can't, stepping away from it for a couple hours is like, you can't, it's really hard to do it's it. In, it's near impossible. Um, yeah, because you'll miss so much. Um, Apple, I hate to give praise to a great corporate, to a big giant corporation they installed they put a feature in the iphone that lets you turn off all notifications overnight if that didn't exist i wouldn't sleep um i i, I got i have an audience right now that's a, a lot of the audience is still in high school so they're out of school right now so they're up tweeting and doing all that stuff till five six in the morning and i, I need to sleep sure and it's like that all day and it, it's impossible to disconnect but i do see it as necessary if i ever want to do anything you know make a turn this into a living which sure. is kind of the goal how was um the thing that really impresses me about the website right, right now is how you've gone out of your way to add have like the features for bands to add profiles right. and promoters and things like that how has that been working out are you seeing like is there a lot of people contributing to this it's slower than i'd like but it's starting to trick up a bit tick up a bit um a lot of local bands, they a lot of bands in general, they just see there's Bandcamp and SoundCloud, and that's all they need to do. And yeah. they, they need to maintain a Facebook profile. And that's, I'm trying to, I don't want to sound like the old guy lecturing, but I'm trying to let bands and promoters know you, there's a lot you can do to get the word about, out about what your projects. Yeah. And you really need to do more. Than, like, I made a post on Facebook the other day, and I accidentally called out somebody who does work very hard um <laughs> my friend rishi's in a band called the space pimps and he's doing a big festival at the end of august and um i've gone out and handed out flyers for my website and for some shows i'm doing after about 13 or 14 shows this month alone and with the exception of warp tour i was the only one that i was out flyering and i called a bunch of people out on that and i'm trying to drill the idea into bands that there's more than the internet you know the internet's a good slice of the toll and you need to use various aspects of that including my site hopefully yeah but also you need to get out there and talk to people you need to network yeah so. I, I you get real caught up in the internet it's real easy to yeah um i had a really cool thing happen one day when i um i had a stack of my records on me okay and I was just going into a coffee shop to get coffee because I had them on me because I was going to be mailing them. Okay. This barista was like, you got some records there. And I was like, yeah. He's like, what is it? I was like, it's my record. Right. He's like, you have a record? What kind of music do you do? I was like, I don't know, like weird hip hop stuff. Right. He was like, oh, that's cool. You got any for sale? Nice. And he was like, I was like, yeah, like I don't have any extras on me now. These are all getting mailed out, right. but I can bring you one. He was like, bring me one tomorrow. Very cool. So then I came in the next day, brought him a record, and he took 10 bucks out of his tip jar. I was like, here. Nice. That's very... So it was like, fuck, I should just walk around with records on me all the time or have flyers. And, like, I keep business cards, and I, like, drop them off in places to right. get a hold of me. Right. And I think it's real easy to, like, not... Or to convince yourself that that stuff doesn't do anything. Right. Because you don't see the instant... Uh, the instant rewards you don't. of it. Like you do online. Like you right. could post something and then somebody likes it and you're like, yeah. oh, people were paying attention exactly. to it. But I don't think people realize how much flyering and stuff like that helps. Right. One of the one of the best experiences of my life when it comes to doing any sort of promotion, whether it be a show or a website, was around the mid-2000s of the Warped Tour. I kind of had stopped going, but I would drive out there at like 5.30, 6 o'clock at night, um, and I would bring, um, I put out a band's record a few years ago, and I took the guys with me, and we made little one-song CDRs. We stayed up the night before spray-painting them and screen-painting the CDs so they sure. looked professional. And we went out and we just started handing them to people, and I mean, it cost us very, very little. Like, it probably cost $50 for the whole thing. We gave out about a thousand of them 
and um, we also flyered like you wouldn't believe. And instead of people just going taking the flyer and just walking past you, they would stop and they would engage with you a little bit. And I think that is more valuable. You have the opportunity to treat somebody like a human being, yeah. otherwise, other than a nameless click on a button. Oh yeah, the other problem too is that there's so many people putting music out now yes. that you can't. People just look over it. Yes. You figure, I'm going to do an example right now. Where's my phone? Like, you figure the thing now is since the internet's so connected with everybody's phones now. Right. They're on Facebook, you know, and then, you know, you're going through your news feed and you're just kind of like scrolling, scrolling, yes. scrolling, just trying to catch up. If somebody's posted a link to like my music or something like that, if you really care, you might be like, oh, I have to check that out later. Right. But I guarantee you nine times out of ten, you're going to completely forget about it. Exactly. People aren't sitting down in front of computers to like check this stuff anymore. No. They're it, constantly on the go. But if you give somebody something physical right. that they can't it can't get lost in the doldrums of their phone, like <laughs> even if they go home and set it down, if it's a flyer or right. a sticker or something, there. they're gonna look at it right. every day, like, oh, there's that there's that thing again, there's that thing again. Maybe I'll finally listen to it. Or maybe right. I'm sitting here, I'm kinda bored, I'll look over, it's there, maybe I'll look it up. Exactly. And, and that's one of the things I'm really pushing. I know it sounds weird that I'm an internet-based, quote-unquote, business. I feel weird calling it that. But that um, my major, major marketing point, and I hate to call it that, too, because it just doesn't feel right. But I love going out and flyering. I love going out and meeting people. After we're done here, I'm actually going to drive over to Mr. Smalls and do sure. some flyering. Well, dude, but, a, a business is a business. It is. It is what it, it is. Yeah. And if, if you want to do something, just fucking do it right. Exactly. If you're taking time out of your day to put something together... Right. You know, you should get something out of it. Exactly. You know, there's... There's some really, really talented bands in this town, obviously. Um, sure. And, and I'm no, it's a it's a suburban thing, I think. There's a lot of these bands from, you know, Mount Lebanon, Wexford, Greensburg, that are, um, they're releasing really great music, but they're not doing anything with it. They're, you know, it the, the best thing I'll see is somebody promote a post on Facebook and throw money at Facebook, and that, that doesn't yeah, work too well. It's really hard. It takes a whole nother... It's like, I've been doing whatever the fuck it is that I do right. for, you know, well over a decade. Right. And I've spent a lot of time just kind of like honing my craft as a musician. Right. And then I had to take a couple years away from that. And like, I'm just now figuring out how to promote. Right. As well. It's like two different things. It and is. There's some people that, you know, can write the best song in the world, but they just don't understand how to talk to people or get it, it out there. And I still struggle with it. Right. Right. And it's, it's just really a matter of hitting the pavement. I mean it's really, really, I know it's time consuming. I know that a lot of people don't like doing it. And again, going back to the whole, we're constantly connected. I think that that kind of shuts us off as human beings a little bit to actual person person conversation. Yeah. And I'm as guilty as that as, of that as anyone, but um, I find it really fun to go out and, you know, go out and promote these things. Cause I get to talk to people. So it's not just promoting a project of mine. It's self-serving in that I talk to more than my girlfriend and my dogs. So sure. No, I think that there's a benefit now you could take advantage of it in this point in time where we're at because yeah. people are actually really taken aback in a good way when yes. you actually approach them and talk to them because it's like, what is this? Like, yes. it makes it seem so much more serious. Yeah. And not only that, and it makes it seem because it is more sincere, you know, you can tell that this person really cares about what they're doing. And if, um, I, as I review records on the website from time to time and, um, murder for girls, which is a, um, like they sound like a Portland, Seattle, um, female friended indie rock band okay. think of anything that like carrie brownstein's ever done they're great 
And I reviewed their record because they actually took the time to mail me a record, then follow up with me and talk to me a little bit as human being. I'll get 10 to 15 links to a Bandcamp profile every single day. Oh, sure. And it's just so easy to ignore. And like, I'll listen to a song or two. I'm like, yeah, this is really cool, but you really just need to take some time to talk to me about your band. Like, it's hard to review a band without ever talking to them. So Yeah, it's, I don't know. Everybody just kind of wants... It's instant gratification. It really Again, is. They want that instant reward. It is. I and don't want. It's not fair to say that they don't want to work for it. No, it's not. I just think that a lot of the problem again is we're talking about a lot of bands that are younger. Yes. And they're just coming up in a generation where this seems like the normal thing to do. Right. They and don't. They weren't there. You know, right. 10, 15 years ago when people were handing out flyers all the time. Right. That's what you had to do. Yeah. There was no Twitter option. There exactly. was no retweets. There was no. <laughs> exactly. And. Um, the, I think a lot of this, these kids, and I, I hate to use the word kids, I still call myself a kid, but um, <laughs> these uh, these kids, they're in a bands, and they see, every couple years, you'll see a band like a Panic at the Disco, who, they were signed to a major label deal before playing a show or two. And they'll see this, and they're like, yeah, this is the right way to go about things. Like, they're um, reaching out to Monster Energy Drink for sponsorships before releasing any music whatsoever, and they're, you need to learn that there's a process to doing things, and... Um, it's going to pay off in the end for you if you actually put in the hard work. Um, there are some really cool bands. Um, I'm going to get the name wrong. Uh, Cabaret Runway or Runaway. They're from um, out like Jeanette area. Okay. Um, I follow their Twitter account. They are at Monroeville Mall multiple times a week just talking to people, oh, giving cool. away samplers. And um, I may not be the hugest fan of that style of music. But I the ethics yeah the ethics you actually absolutely have to respect the music isn't purely punk rock but the ethics definitely are yeah so. I'm with me where I've gotten in my place of time where I'm at right. in my headspace is what kind of music local bands are doing I don't give a shit right it doesn't really matter to me I just want to see people that are genuine yes it's like and I don't even care if it's good or if it's bad it's like if it's genuine and they seem like they have a real fire behind what they're right. doing. And it seems like they're really trying. It's like, well, they'll get it. Yeah. Eventually. I'm not going to be here and be like, eh, fuck those bands. Fuck this. Fuck that. If you care, you care. Right. If a band could be fucking awesome, but if they're super shitty people, I'm gonna be like, eh, fuck them. Exactly. I don't care how good they are. Exactly. Um, I, I've been spending a lot of time lately down at the Smiling Moose, obviously, and um, I've been just going to random freebie shows there, stopping over at the 31st Street Pub, bands I'd not heard of, and just talking to people. And there's a lot of those really authentic bands right now, but they seem to get lost in the shuffle from every from all these bands who are doing weird stuff like buying Facebook likes and just. Well, sure, weird... it's real easy to get if you get caught up in a certain scene of people or certain uh, group of promoters, right? And you kind of exclusively work with that group, right? You can kind of find yourself put into a box yeah i know some local bands and i won't say any names but who have gotten into these things where it's like every time there's a bigger show coming through town um oh we're gonna get on this show and they do like okay cool i'm opening up for so and so right some big deal uh you know i don't know like hate breed yeah just to throw a name out there and every time these bigger bands come through they're opening up right you know once a month playing these huge shows but the problem is that they have to sell these tickets. Yes. Tickets is one thing. That's fine. We don't got to get into the top. No. But you really limit yourself if every month you're making these commitments yes. to sell these tickets to these shows yes. that are in Pittsburgh. And it really limits you from being able to break outside of the right. box if you're constantly, like, for lack of a better term, like selling your soul to the devil right. and signing these contracts. And you're, like, financially obligated to stay yes. in Pittsburgh to play these shows that 
you don't really get much of an outcome from. There's not. And it's that's, like, that's one of my biggest things. Um, uh, I, I haven't really written this article yet. I'm kind of in the crafting stages of it. It does The bands who fight, like, these Battle of the Bands to play on Mayhem Festival or Warp Tour, my whole thing is, why does that matter? Um, you're going to be playing on a stage in the middle, uh, like, yeah, way across the, uh, whatever, the <laughs> like venue. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like 10 or 11 in the morning. Yeah. Or at the same time as a band that people are paying 50 or $60 to come and see. Um, you're going to play to, you know, 30 or 40 people that are probably your friends that came to see you. Yeah, and I mean, while it's great to play to your friends, I see more benefit in booking your own show and having those same 40 people out because at least you're going to make a little bit of money. Maybe you can put it towards the van or recording. Well, I think it, a lot of it goes back to ethics yeah. of the band and what they're trying to do the image that they're trying to put off. If they're trying to build this uh, resume that's based more on status than right. uh, music, like mm. more of like a, yeah, we've played Warp Tour. Yep. Yeah, we have a sponsorship from some like shitty indie clothing right. company. We have the, the, the fucking Jägermeister sponsorship. <laughs> like if they're trying to stack up all of these things to make themselves look better yeah. then and not focus on actually meeting friends, making... right. Well, maybe they're making friends, but friends for the wrong reason. Exactly, it's, exactly. I don't understand how it works because my brain's never worked right. like that. But there are people that are doing it. And now that I'm back into booking shows, I'm seeing so much of that. Like, um, i co-promoting MXPX with Drusky, and I find that... Um, since I've announced that, I'm getting a lot of, you know, hey, can we open this? Can we sure. open this? And I'm not even in charge of that aspect of the show. But yeah. um, they're in it, the quote-unquote resumes that these bands are sending me have very little to do about the work that they're doing and more about, you know, we've shared a stage with XYZ. And yeah. I, I'm like, I really don't care. You probably opened the show to, again, those same 40 or 50 people. And that's great that those people support you. And it's great that you could probably sell tickets to the same 40 or 50 people. But I'd really like to see you, you know, out there working hard and just... I don't even know where I'm going well, with this, but... Well, it's another problem with why I think a lot of people that aren't involved in the local community right. don't take it seriously. Right. Because you'll get these bigger shows. The shows that... The Hate Breed show yeah. that, you know, draws a couple thousand people. Right. And then say, you know, XYZ local bands open up the show. Right. And the only reason they're opening up is because they agree to these ticket deals. They agree and they have... And they've and they shown have, that they can. Yeah, but they're not really like they don't really care no okay and sure like the 40 50 people that are there might be really stoked for them but the yeah. other 1500 people that are at the show right. are going to be like oh these guys are local fuck local bands yeah i don't go to local shows yep. rather than promoters that are actually taking time to seek out bands right and ask them they're just kind of saying like oh you can play can you sell this many tickets? I don't care what you sound like as long as you could sell the tickets. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on. And that's really unfortunate. Like I'm, I'm doing a show on Thursday out at scumbags and it, I, I actively s seeked out the bands who I, who are going to be playing it. And they, I don't know if they make sense on the show musically, but it's going to be a really fun show. And uh, more so, I know that since these bands aren't getting these opening up for the, you know, against me's or the, you know, the Gaslight Anthem or whatever, yeah. that they're going to they're gonna put their heart into promoting the show and they're going to put their heart into their performance because they know that, you know, they're playing to a crowd that they haven't before. And yeah. So, yeah, there's very, very, well, I don't want to say there's very little of that because there's a lot of bands that have that same type of ethical thing. They just don't, they don't end up on the big shows and it's sad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's... There's so many different aspects of it. Yeah. 
Um, have you ever played any music yourself? I'm the worst musician in the world. <laughs> okay. Um, that's kind of why I stick to the you business You got into end. like the, okay. Um, I played guitar and sang in a band when I was 16 or 17. It was awful, awful, like queers inspired pop punk. Okay. Um, I played the trombone in high school, but beyond that, no, not really. Um, I took piano lessons for a while and I'd like to do that again. I just don't have time right How now. How did you get into the more techie stuff? Um... Really, I, I was living in Beachview, and um, one day I was walking up, I walked my dog really far up into Dormont. I okay. mean, that's not really far, but, um, and I ran into some kids wearing, like, Jenko jeans and stuff, and a kid <laughs> was wearing a Voodoo Glow Skull shirt, and I was like, hey, I like that band, and we started talking, and he was like, yeah, I'm in a ska band, um, and I was like, well, that's cool, um, uh, do you guys play anywhere? And I'm, they're like, no, I was like, well, let's see if we can do something, and so... Um, my mom happened to not be at home. My mom is not the best person. She's had problems with drugs and jail sure. and stuff. So, um, I kind of had free reign at the house a lot more than I should have. And I was like, yeah, come down. We'll go to pianos and stuff and have somebody that's old enough rent us a PA and let's do a show. Cool. And, um, I kind of got addicted from there. And then, um, I did that for a couple months and then I started moving on to like VFWs and fire halls and then come like. 2000 2001 i'm bringing like converge thursday like the big names of that time of the scene and i'm it's kind of crazy and then i start dealing with huge guarantees and losing lots of money (laughs) yeah um whatever happened to that ska band um one of um one of them is like he works for frito lays um (laughs) okay they they didn't they really didn't do it um one of them was in a uh like a blast beat metal style metal for like kind of band for a minute that was pretty popular around here but um not much ever came of it it was just it was high school kids playing in a high school band and having fun and i respect the hell out of that i mean yeah i i really respect um that whole dormont scene it um there was a dormont scene there was there was the dormont rec center which is right in front of the dormont pool there's oh, a big there's okay. a big brick building outside they of there they used to have shows there they used to have shows there oh, a wow. lot and um there was a band there called ragweed and um now the singer from ragweed is in bastard bearded irishman and they're one of the like biggest oh, bands yeah. in town and like it's crazy to me and awesome that he stuck with it for that long oh, no, that's awesome that's wild i lived for dormont in a couple years actually before i moved here i was right. in dormont for two years nice. i never knew that all like there's just kind of like the worst people in the world that kind yeah. of are there now they're called door monsters yeah <laughs> that's what we used to call them but, okay um, no, um, Dormont actually has the potential to do something cool again. They just need to let I the I thought Hollywood... the area would be great because yeah. amongst all of the weirdos, yeah. for like, we'll just yeah. keep it, we'll keep it nice, yeah. we'll just call them weirdos, uh, you would see like these little like weird kids, yeah. like, you know, like the kid walking around with like the code orange kid shirt on, like, yeah. where are you going? There should be, you should be booking shows around here, kid. What are you doing? And there's a potential for a really great venue there. The Hollywood Theater did shows for a while. You know, I tried to have my CD release show there and uh, they said that they would do it, but I needed to have like renters insurance and all of this stuff that was like, not necessarily above my head, but more than I felt. I cared enough to really okay, do. Yeah. So I was like, eh, this would have been cool, but yeah. that and sucks. It's really cool now. Like they, they have like an inbuilt audience cause they're starting to show like SLC punk or like the descendants documentary that yeah. just came out. Did you go to that? No, I didn't. I, I wanted didn't. to go yeah. and I got caught up and shit. Likewise. Oh. And then they need to release that so I can watch it at home. Cause, right. but, um, no, they have the potential for something up in Dormont. And, um, that's one, of, that was always my quote unquote retirement plan. If everything never worked out, I was going to move somewhere that's, close enough to a city but not quite the middle of nowhere that um where kids don't get to come into town for shows and just start renting a vfw and doing shows there oh, yeah sure not only do is there a built-in audience 
it has the chance to grow into something and those shows do very very well like yeah yeah scumbags out in natrona heights um there i've been there three or four times now every time i've been there there have been between 30 and 100 kids and you see the same faces there all the time yeah, that's, that's all young high school kids that's the same way the butler scene is exactly right now. exactly um butler washington i uh, used to have pancake skate park um <laughs> sounds awesome there is a skate park out in um greensburg that um they actually had the dead kennedys a few years ago oh wow which was weird but yeah like the, all those like you know 15 to 20 mile away suburbs they have the potential to build their own scene and it's um you're starting to see it come up a little bit but it's nowhere near where it was back in the day and i'd yeah. really like to see that build up i mean i still it's still good that it's there yeah it might not it might not be what it was no but i'm sure that the feeling that we had when we were 15 is the same feeling that these kids have. i certainly hope so because i mean that's really what turned me into who i am today like i didn't have a family life so yeah i, no. I had my dog and my music and uh, the music is kind of where i am now um it's just really cool um i'm actually going to be helping some kids out um probably in september or october there's a venue called the fallout shelter up in aliquippa yeah that place rules i haven't been there yet it's but awesome really i'm yeah. really excited to see it but um some kids got in touch and said hey we don't know what the hell we're doing um we want to have our friends come out and watch our band play can you come out and help us out so i'm going to do that for them and i'm hoping that that's the beginning of something because beaver county used to have an awesome scene so yeah no, the fallout shelter is cool. It's it's small. It, I, it's under it's, a bowling alley, I hear? Yeah, it's under a bowling nice. alley and a pizza shop. Okay. The pizza shop's fucking awesome. Bowling's cool and music's cool. So yeah, So you can absolutely. have a really fun night if you go out a little bit early, like before the show, shoot some bowling. Right. Shoot some bowling? That's not right. Uh, Bowl some... Uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, get some food. Absolutely. The uh, bar there, they have a little appetizer. They're called Dragon Puffs. They're just like pastries filled with banana peppers. Oh my god, that sounds delicious! They're awesome. Um, there's um, <laughs> there's actually a bowling alley over in Lawrenceville, uh, Arsenal Lanes. They yeah, do they, rock they, and bowl. Yeah, they've been having shows yeah. there. And I really, I, I've con tried to contact them four or five times since I've been back and doing things again, and it just they haven't gotten back to me. And I'd really like to, you know, see if we can meld some of the stuff that I'm sure. doing with what they're doing because I think we could draw a good crowd, especially if we do something like. I kind my how I envision doing something there is, you know, Belvedere's has '80s night and it's always packed, so I could you know do two or three bands there right before 80s night and get people out early i think that could be very successful for them yeah I just, they just haven't yeah i don't just... i don't know anybody that's doing me anything neither. there so i can't help me you. neither me are neither. you familiar with the rant festival that's happening um, in yes August? i am um my, a bunch of my friends friends bands are playing yeah i was gonna be involved in some level at it but i just don't have time right now <laughs> i'm yeah. crazy busy but um do you I'm you're gonna go down yeah, I'll be there. I cool. live right over the hill. I live over near the zoo. So, oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing, and uh, some other people I know are where playing. Are you, where, are you, where are you at? We're playing at the Angie, Andy Johansson Photography Studio. Hmm. It's, uh, this guy just has like an art space, I guess. I haven't been there, but apparently it's right around the corner from Belvedere's. Oh, very cool. Very so cool. it'll be in the middle of all, and it's on Butler Street. Nice. So it, my, my friends are in City Steps, and um, they're playing right now. I'm mad that I'm not there, but whatever. Okay. Um, but um, they're playing the Get Hip Fest. The yeah, Get that's Hip the Fest. one I'm playing. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Okay. Say City Steps. That sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. That looks like something really cool, and um, I feel like there's a couple of those popping up, like the um, Deutschtown Festival. That I, was apparently really successful. Yeah, I was so pissed about this. I had like loosely heard about it. Like a couple people, like, "Oh, this thing's happening," and I was like, "Okay, like this little thing in the north side." And then the day after, like, I see pictures and stuff. Apparently, it was this huge deal. Yeah, I had no idea. I wasn't doing anything cool. I could have <laughs> went over and had fun. 
I, I went to like six shows that day, not there. Like okay. I was just, I had to fly her a bunch of stuff and there were shows going on all over the city. And then I got there right towards the very end and it seemed like it was a really cool event. I mean, it took place over what, like eight, nine, ten venues. And... Yeah, I heard it was pretty crazy. Uh, my friend, my friend Joey uh, works at the Elks Lodge. Okay. Uh, and I guess they had bands there all night. Yeah. He said it was just packed. And... Very cool. Very cool. Fuck. I, I feel like there could be something down here on the south side. Like, I don't know why. I, well, I kind of know why there isn't because of all of the nonsense that happened a couple years ago that brought out the insane police presence. But sure. I feel like there could be something here. And that would be really they cool. They were doing shows at games in that for a while. And yeah. That was a lot of fun. Is that still a possibility? Do you know? I think that I'm sure if they wouldn't be against it. I think mm-hmm. what stopped it was they got greedy. And ah. it's pretty expensive to rent the place, from okay. what I understand. I remember so, it used to be like 100, 150 bucks, and I, I was going to do something. But... I think it was way more than that. I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, time has passed. Yeah. Water under the bridge. Maybe they might be more willing to, like, do a lower price for yeah, a show to, there now. I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit. Because, I mean, sure. before I moved away, I loved games and that. Not even just for shows, just because it's, like, video arcade, and I'm, yeah. a, I'm a nerd. So I used yeah. to love to get on there. So it's, it's a really, really cool space. Yeah. I think it would be good for shows. Did you, uh, were you in any video games or anything like that? Growing, growing up, up? Um, Super Mario 3 was my jam. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, my, uh, I don't know, I want 1990, whatever grade I was in, whatever school picture that was in, um, your parents actually submitted them that year. And my mom, there's a picture my mom took of me standing in front of me playing like Super Mario Three. So yeah, um, I don't play anything now. I just okay. don't have the time. Okay, it's really hard to keep up with it. It is. It's hard. It's expensive. And sure. Um, I, I the only video game I play right now is Civilization Five. Okay, I'm addicted to. I don't know anything about that. It's a real time strategy game that it's <laughs> based on the idea of building a civilization from scratch, Ooh. which is it's really fun, but it's a huge, huge time sink. It's it sounds it's really like great it. if you're into pot. And being up until seven in the morning. Okay. Yeah, is that so. your thing? Um, I quit drinking for a while. <laughs> okay. I started again a lightly a couple days ago. Now <laughs> I have arthritis at thirty at thirty two, so a pot helps that a little bit. Plus sure. it's fun and okay. Yeah. So well, um, any interest outside of music, like? Um, not lately. Not lately. Uh, no, not, really... lately I'm so focused and so busy, but um, no, um, I was interested in finance for a while until I was in that w- okay. in that world. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in creating art. Um, I'm not like, good at it. Like drawing, painting, painting kind of stuff? Sure. Painting. Um, I'm starting to tinker with doing my own flyers a little bit and see if that yeah. pans out. Why I mean, not? I mean, there's no such thing as a bad flyer that gets the point across. <laughs> and um, web design and... Um, the nerdier marketing side of stuff, like the search engine optimization stuff that you probably get a hundred emails about a day. But um, I'm really, really interested in that. And that's, um, I do a little bit of freelancing here and there on that. It's really fun. Um, I'm actually doing a site for Dakota that's like a month behind because I've been busy, but she doesn't care. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, web design's always been something I've been into. So Yeah, that stuff's really scary to me. I don't get it. It's... I don't know. It's, but it's uh, it's something like when I originally built Pip Punk, it was out of a library on Angel Fire, and I had two browser windows open. One was um, code from another site that I thought looked cool that I would copy and paste, okay. and if it didn't look right, I would tinker around. And all, I no, I don't just have, figured it out. Yeah, I have no formal training in this stuff. Sure. It just took years and years, and just every time you mess up, you learn something. Yeah, that's what happened with me and MySpace profiles. <laughs> I got really good at editing those, nice. and when they fucking changed that yeah. over, that was it was done. That was uh, my web design days I, were over. I absolutely hated those customized MySpace profiles <laughs> because 
I mean, I was in my early to mid 20s, so I used MySpace as a way to meet girls, as most of us did. Okay. And um, I would go and I'm like, hey, that girl's really cute. And I click on a link and then this music would start blaring at me and like Hello Kitty would be blinging at me. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I don't want to Well, yeah, you. I mean, well, there's always that thing where, you know, the thing that was good about MySpace that we don't have anymore with Facebook is you could go on somebody's page and automatically tell how crazy they were. Yeah. Just by like how much shit they had on that Absolutely. Page. Absolutely. Um, and now you can't really do that. No. Things are a little bit more yeah with facebook you can actually hide things from people yeah. <laughs> you can hide your re your real self um i don't do that i don't think i, I think i turned off all my privacy controls because i just don't <laughs> care anymore um i think i kind of relegated myself that i'm gonna do this i my my aspiration ultimately is to do this as long as manny Thiner. i mean you can, <laughs> you can say what you want about manny um no i like manny. I, I love manny he and i um, I used to work at a UPS store downtown, um, connected to the convention center, um, and I had the punk rock discount where anybody who needed to make flyers could come down and make them really, really cheap. So Manny took hold of that, and he started coming down and making flyers. We built this bond because we were both promoters for a while, and um, I learned to really like Manny, and I respect the hell out of him. I mean, yes, he's a little socially awkward. Sometimes people don't get him, but I, if I'm still doing this in 30 years like he's been, then I, no, that's I, a win. I like Manny a lot, actually. Yeah. I know that he gets a, I gets a weird rep. Yeah, it, um, I think that, I mean, he, it, the, I don't think he intentionally tries to rub people the wrong no, way. No, no. But, I mean... I mean, what, like the first t first couple of times I was around him, I was like, "This guy's pretty awkward." But, yeah. I mean, I've been I've known him for going on ten years now. Yeah, exactly. And so you get to know him. Yeah, like, I don't know him that well, but when I'm around him, he's cool. Yeah, like, I, I know how to talk to exactly, him. Exactly, exactly, and that's kind of what you got to do with Manny. He's um, you, you, I think you have to be around a while until he starts to like be like, "Oh, you're not just somebody who's going to be around for a year and bail." Yeah, he, he grows a respect for you. And, um, I will never not respect what Manny does. Like I said, he's doing what, five, six, seven shows a week. Yeah. He lives in his own venue, um, which, I mean, that's kind of my dream. I want my own venue. To, yeah. I, he... I would probably not have enough money to live elsewhere, so. <laughs> yeah, he makes it happen. But he... uh, I think that, you know, we're pretty good. Yeah. We're coming up on an hour here. Okay, I think sweet. that we can end it. So Excellent. I want to thank you for coming over. Absolutely. It's been cool to meet you. I've never Likewise. met somebody on microphone before, but <laughs> yeah, hey. I'm, I'm totally cool with this. First time for everything. Absolutely. So. It's really fun. Yeah, and yeah. I hope it's not the last time I see you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm everywhere. You'll see me flyering. <laughs> if, if there's a show that is remotely related to something that I might be doing, you're going to see me outside handing out flyers. Cool. And, and my girlfriend standing there doing the same because... Uh, you just drag her into it? I drag... Well, she she was um, away from it for about five years. She kind of disappeared, too. And now that she's back, she's got just the same amount of enthusiasm. Cool, I think that's I do, awesome. So. Yeah, she's been, she's been awesome. It's good to have a partner that's into the same types of things you are. So. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks for coming over. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's all, folks. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Adam's a cool dude. I like his website. He's doing good things. I wish him nothing but the best. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune back next week for another episode. Will there be one? I don't know. I don't have one recorded. All of my scheduled plans keep falling through for some reason I'm not blaming the people that i'm trying to interview it's just a fact of life people have things to do and i don't have an episode for next week so i don't know what i'm gonna do uh but we'll figure it out we'll figure it out because that's all we can do as human beings is just make it through one day at a time yeah anyways i am sykes start the beat podcast 2014 Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Beer